Idiots Talk History. I am your host, Matt, and as with me always is my co-host. I messed that up. Uh, first up is Innes. Hello. And Lorna. Hello. Yeah, I messed that up. Um, we got a report from me this week. Uh, does anyone want to explain the general premise of the show for any new listeners? Go on, on no, after you. <laughs> I don't want to mess right, anything basics. up. Basics. Um, one of us does a report on something from history, and we tell the other two, and at the end we have a section called The Big Question, where we like to say a big question about what we've heard. I've just said a thing, and I've forgotten to do that Well, this week. <laughs> so we'll fine. see how we, how we get on. Yeah, but do we ever have one ready until the last minute? Sometimes. I've got, I've got two. Have you? Oh, Lorna's got one. For her next report. Oh, not for this one. Okay, Look okay. forward to that. Oh, actually, before we start, um, we got a few a few messages about the Lego uh, report from last week by Ennis. So Travis I just want uh, to uh, <laughs> bring up a few points that were made. First of all, first of all, my fault. Uh, Lego should be in capitals apparently, and uh, if you look at the the name of the episode, I've I've mistakenly put it in lowercase. Um, Whoever mess- mentioned Tell that will be in pedantic, these, you ask me. These Danish listeners. <laughs> I know. Um, also, bad pronunciation, but that's expected. And <laughs> apparently Innis got the um, revenue of Lego wrong. But we have looked into this. Do you want to explain this? Yeah, so apologies, but I said... <laughs> I mean, people, I bet this one pedantic listener... <laughs> In uh, in Denmark, thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, but no, he's, he is right. But <laughs> um, basically, I got my information off the Lego website, and they put I was talking about 1946 and the revenue of the company, um, and it said under the 1946 bracket, uh, the revenue for the company for this year is. 450,000 kroner, mm-hmm. which made me think this year is in 2017, yeah. but it actually meant 1946. Mm-hmm. So, so that was yeah. about £40,000. But, in fairness to me, that was probably the most factual yeah, episode ever. One, one thing wrong in that bad, is It's it? not bad. It's not and a bad. bit of pronunciation. A bit of pronunciation. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm sorry about that. And, and keep listening, Danish people. Mm. Next time, anything in Danish will be right. Well, we can, we'll try our best. we can guarantee it. Maybe not pronunciation, but we'll try our best. So this week I'm going to do a report. Do you mind if I just get on with it? It's a bit of a long one, but I'll whip through. I'll whip through. I swear you say that every week. Yeah. yeah but last time it we weren't that long. Okay. But it's set in the same country as, as uh, my last report, which is the Bender family. Do you remember the Bender? America. The Bender oh, yeah. America. You um, love America. It's all right. Um, so you won't be able to guess it, but I'll just... I'll just give you a little prelude. So I've basically chosen the topic because I read a book called Into the Wild. Have you heard of it? I have heard of it. I don't know what it is. So it's a popular non-fiction book. Uh, It's an account of the life and death of uh, Christopher McCandless. He was was early 20s um, and he was travelling around America for a few years, I think, uh, before he went into the Alaskan wilderness. And um, he gave away all his money before he left. He basically cut off ties with his family, more or less, uh, and he went into Alaska with just a small gun and a bag of rice. So people thought, this guy's unprepared. You know, when people talk about afterwards, they say, didn't know what he was doing, all this sort of stuff. But 
even though he seemingly only quit, he, uh, he planned on journeying and travelling through Alaska for a few months during the summer. And um, he did actually manage to live there for quite a few months, I think like three or four months, uh, before no one actually knows what caused him, well, what killed him. It seems like either he mistook one plant for another, they look very similar, or he ate some mould on a plant or something. But it's, there's no like definite answer. But he did all right, apart from this simple mistake. He managed to like catch his own food and everything. Um, and if you want the full story about Christopher McCandless, you can read the book, uh, which is really good. Or there's a film, which uh, I haven't seen. I've seen a trailer. Oh, I yeah. Think. Um, it's a bit long. Um, but I'm not actually talking about that particular story here today. It's more about the themes of that story. Alaska. It's not Alaska. Tra- That's good. Trekking. Bear Grylls. It's yeah. You, you're Bear getting Grylls. there. So um, he's he's not history yet though, Matt. Can't talk about it. So McCandless. Well, he is history, isn't it? Bear you Grylls. talking about Chris McCandless? No, no. I'm just saying McCandless. Uh, yeah, he's been seen as a fool and he was unprepared. And people say he was lost in these fantasies he had. And other people say he's got a disadventurous spirit. Mm. And it's this adventurous spirit which caused uh, John Krakauer, who wrote the book. He's a journalist. Um, he spoke there's one chapter about his own like pretty dangerous journey trying to climb up this cliff that no one ever climbed up like this certain face of a cliff was this where Christopher went or was he just no he just mentioned like I have this like affinity with Christopher McCandless because I've done something similar and then he mentions a few other young men throughout history who've done similar things so I looked into their stories and I chose one of them as my base because they like a paragraph on like this guy and then this guy uh, so if you're interested in other ones, they're pretty interesting. There's a guy called Gene Rosalina, there's a guy called Cal McCunn, and a guy called John Waterman. But the person we're focusing on today is a guy called Everett Royce. Oh, I like that name. Um, and he, it's a famous tale within adventure circles, but not really. The general... Outside. Not for the general Joe or Innes. Um, <laughs> I'll honour. So yeah, I've got the uh, a bit about the life of Everett Royce. That's what we're going to talk about. Do you about. know, I'm, I'm really into our podcast where it's like the life of someone, mm. a person. Because you always learn a lot. You don't know, like, when they were, well, I always miss out the first 20 yeah, years of the life. Right. But, like, you don't know all the whole... Yeah, it's quite hard to pick up. So, say they don't get famous till, like, the 30. Yeah, Usually yeah. it just says they were born here. They if have it's one in sister history as well, we don't. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't record it. So, it's, it's quite hard to mm. get the first 20 years. I know you skip it, but... I, I skip it intentionally, <laughs> just... You don't want to. You don't want to know like other group. Well, sometimes you want to bet. Yeah. Sometimes it's where. relevant, but sometimes yeah. it's just. But just I do enjoy them because you learn. Like it might have been a person, and he might have done like one big famous mm. thing. But you learn like surroundings yeah. before and after. You learn a lot of the mm. environment. Yes. So my story tends to pick when he's sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> um, to it. But he was born in LA to a family who were really into their intellectual endeavours and into their arts. They like poetry and reading. They're a bit, Aww. bit of all that jazz I've put. And he got into photography. He's a big fan of photography. And he began wandering. So in nineteen thirty, in the summer, so he hitchhiked and he had his parents' permission, which was unlike Christopher McCandless. He just went. He just went. Um, he hitchhiked up the up the coast from LA to Carmel, and he basically went knocking on people's doors of these photographers that he admired, uh, and got chatting with them. And he was sixteen at that time in nineteen thirty. So he must have been born in nineteen fourteen. Yeah. Um, so he graduated Hollywood High School in nineteen thirty one. So he's still sixteen in January. It's weird to graduate in January. Maybe he was one of them. You know where they like or. Uh... 
I've not done my coursework and I have an extension and he's one of them that's kept putting it off maybe and it's ended up potentially or did he just have different I don't know maybe (laughs) maybe Um, (laughs) and he decided to go travelling around travelling around the south west so he went with a a burrow basically a small small donkey he went for 10 months so he went from I'm just going to mention the place he went from Phoenix to Canyon de Chelly wait this is all in LA um, in the southwest, so not okay. southwest of a- LA, southwest of America. Oh, okay. So yeah. went Phoenix to Canyon de Chelly from Zion to the Grand Canyon. So Grand Canyon's down there. So apparently, this southwest of America had this big impact on him. Uh, and whilst he loved California, this place, the southwest of America, had a, had a special hold on him, special place in his heart. So then, my my story basically jumps around a bit. So I'm going to tell you a bit mm-hmm. of what happened, and then I'm going to go back and then move forward. So November 1934. So this is three and a bit yeah. years later, almost four years yeah. later. He's tw- a young 20-year-old man rode into this little town of Escalante in southern Utah. Um, 59 years earlier, this Mormon hamlet of Escalante had been founded by homesteaders, and homesteaders is what I talked about in the Bender family mm-hmm. episode, yeah. these people who settled. But uh, by 1934, when he turned up, this little town was one of the most remote towns in the USA uh, because it was so far from any centre of civilization. They sort of struggled. They struggled because the depression had hit five years earlier in ni- in nineteen twenty nine, and there'd been plagues of grasshoppers, which had ruined the crops in the summers, and then there was a drought as well, which was the worst in almost eighty years. So having a bad time, mm. not in the best. Wait, shape. was the was the Wall Street crash not in like nineteen thirty? Nineteen twenty nine. Yeah. yeah. Or was it twenty nine? Great yeah. depression. Great depression began. Um. So it was it was weird. All these people like use this like they didn't get many visitors, especially not in November. But this young man came with his little burrow and his little donkey, and he had a little mother donkey. Do you know what it was called? The donkeys. Oh, yeah. No. Okay. Can you just keep give him Yeah, can you give him yeah. can, can I give him yeah. a um, Hang on, what's he called? He's called Everett. Royce. Royce or Roos. I think it's Royce. Um, go on. Give him names. Cecil. Cecil. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's two donkeys, though, you see. Cecil and Dave. No! Cecil. Because C, Cecil, D, Dave, and then Heath Everett. Oh! Alright, okay. that. Cecil okay. So Cecil and Dave, so one of them's got the camping gear, the other one he's riding. He's riding Dave into town. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's Everett, yeah, he's uh... a. <laughs> it's funny though, because it's only a donkey and it won't go very fast. <laughs> That's true. Aren't you quicker walking with a donkey? I don't know, yeah. Well, but so. it's for carrying all your stuff, I think. In I my head, know. I was thinking of him like being like, yeah, but then I was like, no. No, no but you, <laughs> you also want to, you get so much more tired walking. Oh, being yeah. On a donkey, yeah. Obviously. So he turns up, he's 20 years old, and he's been moving, at that point, he's been moving around the southwest of America for the last four years. He's been moving around. I think every now and again, maybe he went home. But, but he's on his own. Yeah, he's been travelling around since he was 16 and he left, more or less, all the time he's been travelling around. So the people in the town seemed to like him and they got on with him, he hung out with the other young men. Uh, They rode on horseback and they looked for arrowheads. I don't know what that means, arrowheads, like... It seems... Are they people? No, arrowheads, like, the end of an arrow. Is it not a tribe of people? I don't think so, I think it's like, just searching for, like... Things that they can reuse. I don't know, like... Historical arrowheads from like because they lived where oh, like yeah, Navajos and stuff lived. Yeah. They had to share dinner. They went to a movie theater as well on his last night there. Uh, and I read this little interview with a guy called Norm Christensen, who was ten at the time. Uh, and the interview was in the late nights. He was about he was mid seventies at the t- when the interview, and he said Royce was a really nice guy, not ordinary guy. Christensen comes into it later. 
So, there's a lot of people, by the way, so just get okay. on with it. So, uh, Royce left the town, heads, heads southwest along this hole-in-the-rock trail, uh, and this basically led out to this barren plateau of land that was known as the Desert, which is a generic mm-hmm. name, if you ask me. And he'd sent a letter to, by mail to his brother in California before he left, saying it could be a few months before he's back in touch because he's, he's going down to explore this um, southward of the Colorado River where nobody lives. Um, one week later, 50 miles out, uh, Everett, 50 miles out of town, Everett shared a campfire with a pair of sheep herders. And then he quite simply vanished. So, yeah. since, uh, since his disappearance, a lot of people have wandered into the canyons and along these plateaus and there's a few tracks in the canyons and it's a bit labyrinthine, a bit labyrinthy. So yeah, there's a few tracks. Um, and lots of people have been missing, uh, gone missing and never been found, but it's Everett Royce that a lot of people still discuss. Um, and that's in part because of the letters he left behind. As he wandered through the West in his years leading up, he always sent long letters to his parents, to his brother, I think he's called Waldo, uh, and his friends like every week. You've got such good names. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, every week or so he sent them uh, oh, so, he, sorry he went missing but he was still alive and he was still sending people no this was I'm no, saying before in the four years missing. before he was always sending letters uh, and he had a lot of passion for uh, for the wilderness when he was writing so people who read these letters because they're in like books and stuff and learn of his story feel this sort of passion and sort of try and I, I guess I li- want to live vicariously through him that's why I put like it's vicarious like they want to experience his experiences i guess they just like he lived this really interesting life and yeah so like it's like um if you so say someone was like really adventurous and stuff you'd be like oh i'll just live vicariously through them if you're like not as adventurous so like if you follow someone on yeah social media platform yeah you're like oh they're really cool they're They're cool they're going to parties all the time and i'm just like oh no I'll just watch yeah. their party. Yeah, yeah essentially. Yeah. On the on the the Snapchat story. Yeah. So he sort of kept, he, he was able in his letters and also he did land painting landscapes in watercolors that people were like, Oh, this is he's, so he's like passion, he's lovely. So he's really romantic basically. Um oh, and he also this writer uh, of, because I got a lot of this from the National Geographic and the writer said that one of the reasons why he still talks about it is because he's so romantic and also because um he disappeared when he had his dream intact still so he's still like really in love with the wilderness whereas a lot of people who go missing maybe have like given up on that they've all like i don't know maybe they've a bit more miserable you don't want to read about that you don't want to read about this guy who was in his prime i guess um so i've got a quote can i be bothered reading it yeah, he just says he's not tired of the wilderness. He just enjoys its beauty. He likes the vagrant life he leads. Yeah, he's just right. It's not the best writing, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nice. Um, and um, the National Geographic, a quote they put out was, uh, Royce's disappearance on the far reaches of the Escalante Desert made him an enigma as tantalising as any in the southwest. Why is he an enigma? Because he, he disappeared without any... I just somehow made... <laughs> oh, there we go. Wait, is it back? I've made, I made my writing really big for a second. Oh, why does it keep doing it? I've got another bit at the top. I've not highlighted it, though. You zoomed in there, haven't you? There we go. So, um... Sorry, I just shouted. Um, Royce is, you know, he's, he's the subject of pop song lyrics. He's a, a t-shirt icon for our advent, adventure. And he's a patron saint of an arts festival held every September in Escalante. Oh, doing the same thing. So... 
it's four scenarios of what happened to him. So I'll give you the four scenarios and then I'll discuss it in a bit more detail. You've made this up or someone else? No, this is something I read like four different theories, yeah. theories basically, and then actually turned into about six theories, but three of them are the same. Number one. <gasps> okay. Murder. Oh, I was going to say dun, that. Dun, I was dun. like, well, if he just got killed, that's not very exciting. Why would they kill him? He's a romantic. Yeah, but he fell in love with a woman and then he decided Ooh. he didn't like her anymore, so she killed him. No, but he was on some of that. Did he fall in love with Someone's like wife. the mayor's daughter? Yeah. And the mayor's like, mm. you're not good enough for my Sheila. You're just so. a romantic wanderer. <laughs> you're whimsical. Yeah. <laughs> Where's your steady job? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Very He's not bringing in the money, is he? He's not. Number two. He committed suicide, ending his life no. in such a way that nobody would ever find <laughs> no his body. I'm not going to finish we my sentence. We didn't even let Matt finish reading us that now. <laughs> yeah, so maybe he killed himself and he hid his body so that, well, he didn't get, he killed himself in a place in where, a way where his body would never be found. Yeah, whatever. Number three, he wandered <laughs> off from Escalante, resurfaced on a Navajo reservation and decided to become a native American uh, and then lived with a different name. No. Mm. Number four, an accident. Maybe he fell off a cliff or drowned in one of the rivers or maybe he froze to death. Um, and a little hint about that was there was a three-day blizzard that hit the area in late November that was brewing as he set out. I think one or four other plots. Number five, oh, murder, sorry. murder again. Okay. Number six, murder. <laughs> so <I've, laughs> Why is there three options for murder? Why are you saying all murder? <laughs> So I figured out, uh, well, there was a few other, I basically read a few different articles because, I'll explain it, but I read the National Geographic article from 1997, mm-hmm. which was really interesting. Then I read it, they did another one in 2007, and then I got a lot of information after that. So, it was an idea. 1934. Oh, okay. So, the first murder. Murder? Um, three months after he went into the desert, this is all info about it, uh, Everett's parents received their own letters back, so they'd sent him letters. We got them back and he sent them to Marble Canyon, Arizona, uh, which was the post office nearest to wherever it was supposed to reappear after going into the desert. So, March 1935, obviously they worried, um, so the search began. Uh, I think it was because of the winter, they couldn't maybe go out straight away. Mm. Um, so, the ranchers of Escalante South, the two sheep herders who had met Royce, Roos, what did I say? Royce. Royce. Uh, said they'd camped at the head of this place called Soda Gulch. It was a tributary to the Escalante River. They were emptied into the Colorado River. Basically searched down there at this uh, place where those guys had camped together, but they didn't find anything. And they searched a nearby place as well called Willow Gulch, but they didn't find anything. Then, in Davis Gulch, I don't know what Gulch means, but it must mean somewhere. Like a... a like Davis a, Town. A, a ditch. Yeah, a I think it is. It's like a valley, because it says it's, it was a tributary of the Escalante River. It's like yeah. a small oh, stream yeah. of it, I guess. So in Davis Gulch, they found something. At the bottom of the horse packing trail, they found Royce's last camp. They found the two burros, the two donkeys, uh, Dave oh, and Cecil. Cecil, fat and healthy. Nice. They've eaten him. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. Two donkeys have had him. They've been like, I'm, just, I'm fed up with him riding everywhere. Yeah, my back right. is killing. Yeah, and Cecil's like, you know what, do it. Let's just do it. You, you bite him. You hold him down. <laughs> and I'll eat him. Uh, <laughs> Is that one of your theories on it's National not. Geographic? It's not. It should be. <laughs> 2017 this year, it's 10 years. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, send we it keep in. keep doing it every 10 years. <laughs> mm. Anyway, a guy called Gail Bailey, or Bally, I put Bailey in, but I think it auto-corrected, <laughs> took the uh, donkeys back to Escalante, and they, uh, the ranchers also found 
on um, on a fence, I think. A bridle, halter, and rope. I only know what one of them is. I th- a rope. But I think a bridle's I for... Think it's the thing that goes over halter. Yeah, and I don't I'm know what a halter sure. is. I think you're right, but I don't know what a halter is. But it's something to do with his cat. The donkeys. Yeah. Uh, in a nearby cave, there was empty cans, candy wrappers, what looked like a bed roll, and footprints. They did not, however, find there or anywhere nearby any trace of his camping gear, his painting kit, or his diary. So none of the stuff he wrote. So any theory, this is what the National Geographic said, that any theory about his death has to contend with these clues. If he'd gone for a multi-day hike where he died, presumably, he wouldn't have left the animals confined because all his time travelling, so like four years, he'd never left them for more than a few hours at a time. Were they close to a town? No, they're just in the middle of like nowhere in like a barren desert. If someone murdered him and stole his belongings and got rid of his stuff, why didn't they take the donkeys? So all this info about the search is from the nineteen eighties. I think this guy wrote a book called wrote something about it in the eighties. Uh, and in the ni- in the nineteen nineties nineteen nineties, the National Geographic went for this in for this um, report. They went to Escalante and talked to some old timers, met some people who had who'd been there and they they sort of said different things and apparently because this idea this story was what had come out of the town originally when national geographic went apparently they heard a story that the burrows the donkeys were near starving they weren't actually fat and healthy and having grazed they were near starving they grazed all the grass around them so they were tied up and just eaten all in a circle Yeah. yeah and um apparently gail bailey had found the animals on his own before the search was even organized so Bailey died in 1997 uh, before National Geographic went out for this investigation. So those questions, those like this information which contradicts the story told previously, um, just remains confusing and unanswered because they said, National Geographic, quoting again, if he had found the donkeys earlier, why didn't he spread the word that Everett Royce must be in trouble? And if he found the donkeys, had he also found Royce's personal gear? Oh. Because if he just found his donkeys and he took them back, then why didn't he say anything to anyone? And maybe did he? Maybe he thought he'd nick someone else's donkeys. He's just like, oh, I'll have them. No, this but is he, he, he would have known them though because he came through town. So he would have been like, this is that guy's donkeys with all his stuff. Mm. I think that's murdered why he was murdered. They didn't take the donkeys. I reckon it was someone who knew him, like from the town. And there's like, if I go back with these donkeys, it's going to be well obvious because everyone knows Cecil and Dave. But, but he did take them back. Yeah, only, yeah, but only once everyone else knew they were out looking for yeah, him. Yeah, like, like, it was a search. But it, it says, no, this says before the search was even organised, he turned up with these donkeys. He found animals oh, on his but, own. But was it not that they knew he was missing but they couldn't organise a search? Maybe, yeah. yeah, and he'd just been out and found these donkeys. That's why it's contradictory because yeah, the original story like, that came out, and then all apparently everyone in the town said this happened, that this guy actually found the donkeys before we went oh. searching. So I don't know why the first story came out. It's a weird little town. Theory two. Suicide? No, don't bother. So, Royce Royce was stuck a bit. um, It's clear between the need to make a living and this determination to travel and that distinguishes himself from McCandless. I keep bringing them up, but this is relevant um, because McCandless wasn't interested in a career. I think there's a famous quote from the film. I don't know if he actually said it, but he says, like, I'm not interested in... um, a career because it's a 20th, 20th century in, invention or something like that um, so Royce also felt like he didn't really fit in with people 
and in his writing he spoke with a bit of a bit of gloom and doom. Um, there's a bit of undertones of suicidal thoughts. I'm going to give you a few quotes. Can you see? Oh. Let me know what you think. I don't think the first one's that bad. He said, I must pack my short life full of interesting events. That's what he wrote to his uh, brother Waldo oh, in 931. No, nah, that's just like realistic. That's like me being just... like, I want to travel. Yeah, while Before I'm young. You die. Yeah. yeah. More tellingly, though, he put, um, What I would have missed if I had ended everything last summer. Oh. Sounds like he maybe thought about it in the past. Mm. Yeah, but he didn't think about doing it. But it's like it's he, a positive he way. He could have just said ended everything as like ended a, fr- a bad friendship. That's what we could. Mm. That might be taken out of context. It might be. Yeah, I've only I haven't got the context. Also, so you definitely didn't write the word tellingly. And tellingly, <laughs> I've never heard National Geographic. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've also got. I can't remember. I read this, but I assume it's the same. Um, reports. Melvin Alvey. Um. I was interviewed, he was about 91 um, and he must have lived in the town as well and he said that Royce went out without a tent or any or a good camp stove um, and apparently Royce had said he was going for six weeks and he was going to be this artist, he was going to write stories but Melvin said that he didn't have enough for one week let alone six and here's a quote from Melvin, he said to go down there and draw as an artist in November when you've only got three, four hours of decent weather in the day I think he had some plans that nobody knew about. Ooh. I added the about oh. that nobody knew. <laughs> um, so he seems to think, but that's just the hearsay of an old man yeah, at this point. Yeah. Well, I think that's I don't believe a valid in suicide. point, though. I don't believe that he committed suicide. Yeah, maybe. He had three hours and he, he didn't have a lot of stuff, yeah. but the same could be said about Peter McCandless, who just went in with a gun and he's rice and he planned to live. But Also, he might have been planning to be in the area for a very short time, so he's like, I may as well go and draw now. Because moving on soon. Yeah, maybe. But it seems weird that he went in November as well when it's getting blizzards and all sorts. No, but I mean, like, if you. So, say you've gone travelling and you're in one town and then you've, like, decided you're going to move on, but you really wanted to do, like, some drawing, even if you had bad weather, you was like, I'm only here for a short time, so I may as well make the most of it. Maybe, but, but get a good camp, get a good tent. Or, what did he say? Oh, he didn't have a tent. He just. Uh, he said he didn't have. He said without stuff. a tent, but I'm not sure. Yeah, he said apparently he didn't have a tent. Yeah, we had a curve. Do, you need a tent when you've got a cave. Very maybe wise was, words. Yeah, maybe he knew he was going to find a cave. Yeah. So the Navajo link, I mentioned maybe this idea that he reappeared yeah. uh, with I a Navajo. I don't believe that one. Well, I might, I'm going to need some information. You haven't got any background about it yet. So I'll yeah. give you a little we'll bit. have all the evidence and then we'll in April, it. <laughs> <laughs> you made up your mind on what you think it is. I know. This April, is like, sorry, this is like them police. Like, you know, you see them on telly, the police ones where they already have a, an idea yeah. in their head of what they're going to convict and all the evidence is coming out on that it's not that, but they're just like, right, we're having it. Yeah. Murder. <laughs> he did it. You two are. Yeah. We are. We'd be a good, like... You wouldn't be. You just proved it. I'd be bad cop. You'd be a good cop. Or for an interrogation. Yeah. I didn't know you're doing interrogations now. Are you doing interrogations now? No. Yeah. <laughs> you're on the jury a minute ago, but now. Yeah, no, yeah. Okay. Um, no, because, no, we're not on a jury. We're just convicted. We're just deciding what charges we're going to press. <laughs> Right. So we're, like we're a... just in the police station. Okay. Just, oh, okay. Yeah, just relaxing. <laughs> Charging people with murder. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Navajo link. So April, as I said like four times a minute ago. April 1934, <laughs> Waldo Rice, Roos, uh, drove Everett to Cayenta, Arizona, and he dropped him off. And it was the last time the ever-loyal brothers, I didn't write that either, would, <laughs> ever, would see each other. Um, so that was April. So I, that's why I'm assuming that he went home every now and again. Yeah. 
because this is April of the year that he went missing, and he went missing in November. He went on for like so he went maybe went. So he was there from April till November. No, he, he was traveling around traveling the south. He dropped him off in Arizona, and they ended up in Escalante somewhere, southern Utah, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to mention where he went. So, next seven months um, was really ambitious, basically. He went from Cayenne to, took his donkeys into the little explored. These just aren't words to me. Um, something mountains of northeast Arizona. He circled back through Monument Valley, went uh, west, uh, far from any road to the Navajo Mountain, headed south to join an archaeological team probi- probing some ruins in some remote corners of this canyon. I just left out difficult words there. <laughs> Uh, then he rode across Black Mesa or Mesa to the Hopi villages, where he's allowed to participate in this antelope dance. I assume that's something Native American. That Moved cute. on to Gallup and then all the way across Arizona to the Grand Canyon and then worked his way east and north to the Escalante country of southern Utah. So he got about in seven months. And was he like staying in people's houses? I think so, yeah. And Just what was he eating? In. I don't know, whatever, whatever like, yeah. Like rabbits and... I don't know no, if he, no, he was like, hunting or whether he was just buying stuff in his... Uh, the, or the I don't know, maybe he'd do some work or mm. something. It's what, it's just, he was just like a hobo, basically. A vagabond going about his life. So, as you can tell, when I've mentioned where he went, I didn't. I left out some of the more troublesome words, which I think are like Native American words. Um, he got to know Nav- Navajos quite well, and bits of their language too. Uh, and he developed a crush on a girl called Alice, and he said in his writing that she was the most beautiful Navajo girl I have seen. She's cute. A Navajo is like a Native American tribe. Okay. So that's all I've got on the Navajo link. I think so, there is yes. more to it, but so I'm not sure. You're thinking like, oh, well, you're, maybe you're not thinking, but the some link, people are thinking that that he's gone off with Alice and yeah, or yeah, he, he sort of he really liked that lifestyle. He, you know, he, he joined in the uh, antelope dance and he was doing all these. He was looking at ruins. I think they were like ancient Native American ruins, and he really liked ruins apparently. Um, I just don't. I think he would have told his family and his friends if he was writing. It letters. does seem strange, yeah, that um, he was so like. Yeah, and also he was travelling a lot and he, he liked his travelling, so I don't, I, that's why I think he wouldn't just stop in one Settle place down. randomly. Uh, that's, and there are problems with that one. The best way to disappear is to get murdered. <laughs> really? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Not the weird thing to say. No, because if you're still alive, like, if you're with the Navajo tribes, you could mm. get recognised and then you're not yeah. disappeared. But I think they're just re- in really remote places. Mm. Yeah, was, like they weren't interactive with another yeah. people. Okay. Um. So theory four. Yeah. Accident. Mm. So he always yeah. sought out these obscure ruins. Apparently, um, throughout his writing, he talks about him how he like he loves the thrill of, um, perilous climbs, basically on like really vertical cliffs and what sort, what, not, um, to reach like ruins that people haven't seen, um. And the hero, I enjoy taking chances when skill and fortitude play a part. So, he, and he basically, he was really, when I read this account by the National Geographic writer, the, the writer was saying that he really noticed, like, how pretty this place was. He, he wrote this whole paragraph about, like, oh, this bit's really pretty, and this bit's really pretty, and the nature's beautiful. And that's, he was <laughs> saying that he can understand why Everett, like, had this obsession with it. Um, and... There's not that many ways in or out of Davis Gulch, which is where we found his camp. We didn't, but people did. Yeah, yeah. 
we humans find this camp. <laughs> um, and I think there's three routes in or out. Um, and there's one which is a mulky, mulky steps. That's what the cowboys called it. Uh, and it's loads of uh, it's a ladders of hand and toe holds. Um, Could have fallen off that, couldn't it? Slips. And apparently the guy tried climbing it with his rock climbing shoes and he got like six feet up and he got scared so he didn't do it. Um, <laughs> but then the writer said that the likelihood that Royce had fallen to his death uh, in that gulch was almost zero because, yeah, there are only three places um, where he could have tried to escape and that was one of them up these steps. Uh, there was one on the east wall and then two on the west. I think that steps was on one of them. Um, and if he'd fallen to his death, you would have just found him in the middle of like the whatever, yeah, middle of the ditch. Unless um, the donkeys ate him. Unless they did. Bones and all. <laughs> yeah, but, um, um, it's not like, but yeah, it <laughs> could have happened. Yeah, apparently there was no place in this um, area that he could have fallen and died. I thought I had more on his accident. That's all I've written for accident. That was mainly proven that it couldn't have been a fall from there. But I think later I on, I've got other places oh, where okay. he, he did go and it's like peril. Mm. So, number five, murderer again? Question mm-hmm. mark. So, so, you need a motive, is what this writer said. He said, you need a motive. Um, simple theft is a possibility. Um, at, but apart from his camera, nothing was really that important or that valuable. Um, um, why would anyone have murdered him and left the, uh, the two donkeys? So. It was a tough time in that city, as in that town, as I said before. Um, and, you know, I mentioned the locust plagues, the mm. the droughts, all that. And apparently, there's, you know, you could think that when it's going that hard, that even just what R- Roos or Everett Rice has um, could be worth quite a lot to someone. You know, when you're struggling that much, even yeah. in desperation, that you could do like kill him um and this guy in i mentioned a book written in the 80s earlier it was written by a guy called wl russia and he came across this other scenario for royce's murder um apparently russia learned that uh, with a depression going on um small-scale cattle rustling on the escalante desert had risen to alarming heights um and to put a damper on it, I'm just going to read this word for word. The local cattlemen spread the false rumor that there was a hover, <laughs> they'd hired a government agent to ride the range and gather evidence. So they'd basically try to scare off cattle, people stealing the cattle by saying we've got a government agent. And in one of Russia's possible scenarios, Rice had stumbled upon one or more rustlers butchering a stolen cow and afraid that he was a secret agent, they'd killed him and disposed of the body. However, Russia, Russia looked um, into this theory. Um, and he said that, in his words, he put Everett, he didn't believe it because he said Everett must have looked about as dangerous as a puppy dog and no one could have mistaken him, possibly mistaken him, for this government agent. Um, and the writer of this National Geographic said that people told him that Royce would not have been able to tell the difference between someone stealing a cow and someone that was being just butchered, yeah. like a cow just being butchered by its owner. Anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's. But if they saw him from a distance, they're and they're paranoid anyway because they're like killing this cattle. And then they saw him from a distance, and then they just. So that, them but anyway. these, that's like the first four that I've written, are really like. I've got more, like 
the sort of evidence like you see in his writing that he wants maybe suicidal potentially yeah. or he realizes his girl called Alice and but these next bits are just like a bit of hearsay and a bit of the they sort of this could have they happened. go and they don't really go anywhere a lot of them <laughs> just warning you what if go on here's a theory for you number seven yeah um the cattle rustler mm-hmm. found Everett Royce. Yeah, dead already. No, he's just oh. gone out for a little wander to get some water from yeah. outside. The, That's why he's left them, the ditch. Left the uh, yeah. donkeys. And um, he reckoned the cattle rustler. Hustler? Rustler. Rustler, rustler yeah. recognises him and he's like, I want your donkeys to tell me where they are. And being loyal as he is, Everett's like, no. I'm not telling you where my donkeys are. How would they know he had donkeys? Because he's seen him walking through village and this cattle rustler's on the down low. It's not it's not a well known thing. Deal. You don't advertise it a cattle mm. rustler, he just lives in the village. They've seen him, they know he's got two. Mm. Like, give me him now. But then surely if they killed him, they would have found the donkeys. He wouldn't have wandered that far from them. Why was he mm. carrying his camp stove and his cause he... without the donkeys? Yeah. Because he Maybe didn't find some him? of that stuff. Maybe. Maybe. And he had his watercolours. He might do some drawing and some mm, writing when he was there. Water. Yeah, while well, he's waiting for the pot. He's just yeah. looking for water, yeah. isn't he? Although, water was in the valley where he yeah, was. Yeah, I think he was in a valley. <laughs> so He was next to a river. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you think of my theory about cattle rustling, killing him? Well, that's that's that theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a, a theory. theory. No, it's not theory seven. It's no, because four. Your theory four yeah. was that he was the cattle rustler. No, it wasn't. Well, it, it was that he got mistaken as a cattle rustler. No, no, the cattle rustlers mistook him for a government agent. Oh, so yeah. So he yeah. saw the cattle rustlers and was like, "What's going on?" They saw him and was like, "Is that the government agent that see me steal this cow or kill this cow?" So they killed him. Mm. It's a long shot. I'm just gonna whip through the next bits. So. There's this conversation that this. Um, do you remember I mentioned a guy called Norm Christensen earlier? Yeah, who said he was that 10. He was 10, he's 90 when he was. Oh, they were picking the barrel heads. Yeah, yeah, and he said like he was a normal guy. So the National Geographic guy asked him, What do you think happened to Everett? And Chris, I'm just going to read this out word for word because yeah. this is interesting. Christian's eyes held mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Matt. His face clouded and he said i know what happened to him he said quietly he was shot the man who took who did it told me oh so that's easy isn't it everyone solved <laughs> so the guy the national geographic guy went and asked everyone and everyone no one really said anything but christy was someone on he said this was this afternoon about 1948 or 1949 and it so was these young men years, 12 years on mm-hmm. yeah 14 years, years on. on. Um, these young men were in his barn, they were having a drink, and one of them was a guy called Keith Riddle, who was nine years older than Norm. Um, and they'd grown up together, whatever. Um, <laughs> and they were chatting, um, just the two of them, and apparently they were a bit drunk and um, they talked about old cowboy stuff. You having a little reach? Yeah, just have something to eat. Go on, Thank then. You. Off. So, I don't um, have a big tea, sorry. So Christensen apparently said to this Keith Riddle, What do you think happened just between me and you? And he said, Well, he said, I killed the uh, SOB, and uh, if I had to do it over again, he over, would. They I'd always say again. that, don't Oh they? my why? gosh, why? So, so he didn't ask, apparently, this non Christian didn't ask him anything about it. He didn't say, why? He, didn't, he just said, I fi- figured I'd push it as far as I could, like it's this guy, and I don't want to. You don't want to get killed, I don't you don't want to be the next one. Yeah, he said, um, if he liked you, he'd do anything for you. If he didn't, he'd have liked to knock you down and kick the guts out of you. They proper like Southwestern. Um, and then the writer said, you think it could have just been a drunken boast? And he said, no, it wasn't a bragging sort of thing. 
Um, so, this writer looks into it because um, mm-hmm. Rochelle's book, this book from 1980, claimed that the last men to have seen Royce alive were these two sheep herders who had seen him uh, 50 miles outside of Escalante in uh, Solder Gulch. Uh, but Melvin Alvey, um, who, had met, who I mentioned earlier, who had said... Was he the one who said about the, the where he was? How accidents? Yeah, he was the one who said. Mm. Oh no, it was suicide one. He was the one who said, oh, yeah, he, he yeah, must yeah, have had yeah. an idea. So he said that, he, and everyone vouched for his honesty, he said that after parting from these sheep herders, he actually, Royce, met two other people, two cattle ranchers, um, and camped overnight with them, maybe a few days later. And one of them was Keith Riddle, and the other one was a guy oh, called Joe Pollock. How this guy knows this, I don't know. This Melvin Alvey, how he knows that another twenty miles and away how or whatever. Would he remember that as well? Well, it's the guy who went missing, I guess. Oh. So, the writer asked Christensen why he didn't tell the authorities about Riddle's confession. He said there was nothing to be gained from that. He said he'd served well in his country well in World War Two. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> so, so he didn't. Obviously, him just saying it didn't didn't just clinch it. So, um. The writer went and fa- tried to find uh, someone to uh, validate it. Um, so Keith Riddle's still alive at this point? So Maybe not if Norm the, is he, 90. He asked if this Norm, if anyone else heard him confess, and he said no. no. Everyone else is dead. All the original searchers, all the other boys who, ser- who had shared Royce's company in November back then, everyone's dead. So this writer went and found uh, Loy Riddle, one of Keith's sons in Arizona. Born in 1950, this Loy um, could have known about this yeah, from his father, be, yeah. um, even though it's 20 years later. And But Lloyd heard rumours about this, what had happened. So the writer rang him, and uh, Loy said, on my father's deathbed, I said, uh, Dad, if you killed the little guy, let me know where he's at, because there's still a $10,000 reward out on him. Tell me and I'll collect it. And Dad said, hell, I've never even met the guy. Oh. So, <laughs> so there's actually, as I was reading this, there's like tons more that happens after this of other writer looks. But, um, and you can read all about it on the National Geographic website. I think it's the 1997, yeah, the 1997 um, report. Yeah, but I literally like that was so exhausting going down yeah. like the rabbit hole that much then to keep going on. There was loads event? of murders, loads of not murders, loads of events, loads of people. They're like, oh, maybe this guy because this guy was there. This, so, but I've got one more, one more, and this is Murder. it. This, this is, is the one. This is the one where I was reading this because this is two thousand. So, oh, no. so I got. I put it, I got most of this story from the 1999 article. It was 1999, not 1997. Oh. I've been lying the whole time. Uh, but then he wrote one in 2000. And Sorry, what, Denmark, what have you for that? <laughs> <laughs> he, wrote this, he wrote another one in 2009 um, about this one. Okay, this is, I got this from 2009, so I was like, this must be it. This oh, is so the, it's 1999, 2009, not, not yeah, 1997. I don't know why. It's still, 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 still over 10 years. years. It, it's still so we've got years. two years to sort So we've got two years to figure yeah. it out. Reason. But maybe this is it. Because I was cool. reading this and I was like, they figured it. What's going oh, on? Oh, okay. So, oh God, it's a bit long, but I'll whip through it. <laughs> what time are we on? Classic map quote. Um, it's a bit long, but I'll whip through it. May 2008, just before. This woman called Daisy Johnson's come home. She lives in uh, New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Nope, she's come home. <laughs> she's gone from New Mexico to Shiprock. Uh, I don't know what that is, to visit a younger brother, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she's kind of telling this story. He's called Denny. That she, he's, he's never heard before. And it's a story about their grandfather. So Denny and Daisy are brother and sister. She's got this story for her brother. 
about her grandfather who called Aneth Nez that mm-hmm. took place back in the 1930s. Hmm. 1930s, I hear you say. Similar time. Wait, similar sorry, time. what time is she telling this 2008. story? 2008. She's gone and told her brother this story about right, their okay, grandfather. Okay, okay. She, she, her, her grandfather is... Aneth Nez. We don't know who we don't know who it is. Okay. So so she's fifty six. Um, Daisy Johnson apparently she's apparently she's a troubled woman. But um, she was a traditional Navajo, uh, and she'd gone to this medicine man. This isn't relevant. She was a she was a Native American. You know what Matt's not said? It's a quote he says every week. Sizzle, 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 sizzle. Um, <laughs> She just says something about her medicine. Like, it's not really... I don't, I don't know. I don't think that, that's interesting. Um, so she lives... No, Denny Belson, her brother, lives uh, just off, lives on the Navajo reservation just off high, US Highway 171, not far from where he and his sister had grown up and where their grandfather, Aneth Nez, had lived. So he listened to this his sister's story. She said that a long time ago, the granddad, Aneth, was sitting up there on this, he's bit like a rim of this ridge um, called the Comb Ridge, and he watched this guy for several days. He was watching this guy, a really young Anglo dude, who was riding up and down the canyon, so you could see for like ages, mm-hmm. I assume, and you could see him riding up with his two mules, uh, one that he rode. Um, I, in the wind, he heard him shouting Dave, but I don't know. <laughs> um, and one that was packed with things dangling off the side of it. Uh, and it was like he was looking for something. So then apparently one day, um, John um, Nez saw this young man down by the riverbed, uh, and apparently he was yelling and he was he was riding real fast. So Nez scanned scanned the area below him and he saw three Utes. I don't know what Utes are chasing the boy. Uh, they called with him and hit him on the head and knocked him off his mule. They're like youths. I don't know. I don't mm. know. I don't. know it's like local people. So they knocked him off his mule and they left him there and took off with the mules and whatever else the guy had. Maybe the local people from Utah. Maybe, yeah. How's it spelled? U-T-E-S. Oh, you're right. Utah, yeah. So he watched the scene unfold and he Mm -hmm. sort of stayed out of the way. Um, For centuries, Utes living north of the... Oh, maybe Utes are another tribe. It says, for centuries, Utes living north of the San Juan River had been fierce enemies of the Navajo, whose homeland lay south of the river. So... There was basically tension, so he he stayed out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and when these newts, utes, not newts, gone, <laughs> Nez descended from his like ridge and and went to uh to see this. Uh, and the young man was dead by the time he got there. But instead of looking for this burial site in the middle of this open wash, he uh, took the body back up to the ro- rocky folds of the ridge, uh, on the back of a horse, apparently. Um, and he buried this guy up there on the ridge. So for more than three decades, he didn't tell anyone about this. Uh, and in 1971, at the age of 72, he'd, he was ill with cancer, and he had this medicine man diagnose his trouble. And um, the medicine man apparently said that you had no business messing around with that body around there. So he said, "Oh, a bit of a bit of tailless." Mm. So basically, he said the only way you can cure this cancer is to retrieve a lock of the hair from the head of the young man, mm. this young oh, man that you buried, no. and then use it in a curing ceremony. So Johnson, the girl, Daisy, was 19. Uh, she was home for the summer. Uh, and this was the first time she'd heard about this. So she took him out. She took him out to this ridge 
How, sorry, how long ago was this? So this was 1970 like now. years ago. Yeah, so she waited in a cab for two hours, um, guessing that the granddad was trying to figure it out, and he, he returned empty-handed. So they went to the medicine man. Um, oh, no, they went back there with the medicine man. Basically, they managed to find the hair from the from the grave of this boy. What about the, the boy? Well, I assume they found the body. They just took some hair it from it. It would be a skeleton by then, though. But sure. it's not... It's not What's he called? Edison. Everett. Everett. Well, this is what we're getting to. So this is the idea. So, blah, 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 blah. They just, they want, yeah. So they just burn the hair or something in the ceremony. And then he got better and lived 10 years, apparently. So the problem Mm. I had at this point was with these donkeys, which was why why would you steal them and then leave them 60 miles away? Also, what about his stuff? Well, yeah, I don't know. I wrote this bit because I wrote that bit and then I thought, but Gail Bailey had taken those burrows, not what they called donkeys, from the Davis Gulch site before anyone else had seen them. So they were not necessarily the same. Don't know. Maybe not the same donkeys. But see, there's problems with all these donkeys. Yeah. leaves donkeys lying around. But there's some graffiti that leads, uh, lends a bit of credence to this. Um, so for a while, um, Everett changed what he would, he'd, he'd sign off his, as his name. Mm-hmm. So for a while, he put Lan Morale or something like that. Um, and he uh, he gave the name Everett to one of his donkeys. You're joking. <laughs> Maybe <What>? Cecil. Um, <laughs> and then he became for a while Everett Ever Everett Rulan. Um, and there's also been graffiti found that reads Nemo 1934. Um, and his father was interpreted as an alias. Um, to do with. Maybe Odysseus, but I think it's to do with Captain Nemo of Jules Verne's uh, Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, which was one of his favorite books. Not um, finding you, know, <laughs> you can't find a, oh yeah no. <laughs> right. um, but the, those inscriptions are gone anyway they found another uh, Nemo inscription in Grand Gulch um, which no one ever explored oh so he's just before. leaving like his graffiti so, yeah, tag been, everywhere so he'd, and he'd been doing that since 1934 so he could have he could have wandered that far east apparently he's pretty far out of the way where this guy supposedly yeah. saw him die so the issue now is DNA testing so if it was now about Basically, because it was Navajo burial ground, because he buried them. Apparently, it's like you can't disturb it, so and it's but very disrespectful. Did. Yeah, so basically, these experts went out to try and find out if it was a native burial uh, site, and the FBI went out and apparently uh, saw it and they discussed. They, they just dismissed it as a native burial site, but these experts um, went out to try and figure it out, um, and. Brian Roos conferred with his three siblings. I'm assuming these are relatives of Everett. And they agreed to request a DNA sample. Um, so there is nieces and nephews, his closest living relatives, were, were apparently genetically too distant to yield good results for a mitochondrial DNA test. Mm. So the only useful source was Waldo. But he's, he had died the previous year. Oh. Oh. So in the end, Brian's sister... So I assume one of the nieces, Michelle, carefully wrapped and turned Waldo's favourite hairbrush, which his widow had kept after his death. So still caught in in the bristles with some of his hair. So I don't know why I've written that. I've written that a nineteen twelve dime was found used as a button in the grave. <laughs> I think. Oh, here we go. Yeah, some people when they're looking in the grave trying to figure out it's Navajo, they're looking and saying this button's been used as a as a 
this dime has been used as a button and apparently people see that as like a very Native American thing to do. But apparently Royce loved to wear Indian jewellery um, and it also meant that the burial couldn't take place before 1912. It must have happened sometime after that. Then two molar teeth were found. So I think they've just been like, it's not a Native American burial, this is a white guy. They found two molar teeth and it's European in origin and not Native American. But it didn't match the DNA on the hairbrush. Uh, but they, they said that the hairbrush was far from conclusive when it came to matching, whereas the molar yeah. teeth were. So they got a forensic genius on board, and because it's European, they found bones in there. Uh, and it was a male, between 19 and 22 years old, 5 foot 8 inches, all right. There's photos there for it, and they used them to compare. And uh, I think this is what the genius said. <laughs> he said, Everett had unique facial features, including a really large jutting chin. This guy had the same features, the one they found. Ooh. And the bones matched the photos in every last detail, even down to the spacing between the teeth. And he said, the odds are astronomically small that this could be a coincidence. Yet, even now, um, Royce's final days pose further mysteries. Uh, what happened when he left David Gulch? This is the end. This is what they said at the end of this report that I read when I was like, same. <laughs> uh, how did the vagabond exploring through the winter make his way to this chinly wash? It was called. That's the where the ridge was overlooking. And what went wrong that day when the Utes hunted him down, and took away his dream? That's how I ended this report reading it, and I was like, so I was like, I need actual proof though. Because he's saying the odds are astronomically small. Astronomically small, but it's not him. I looked it up. (gasps) The findings published in National Geographic Adventure had to be retracted when a state-of-the-art US military lab confirmed that the Combe Ridge bones were not that of Everett Royce. How did they Mm. confirm that? Um, I think they did the bone testing or something. He must have done it on his brother, (laughs) dug him up. I honestly don't know. That's honestly, it's really difficult to find anything after because oh that was two thousand nine. It was like, it it's same height, same age, looks same like chin. him. Everything's the same about him, and it's like, well, but we still don't know. Like, well, that's sorted, but we still don't know how he got there. And then, they, then I've so... looked up, and it's like actually, because I think the National Geographic have added at the top of that like, we have to put this, and they clicked on it, and it said, better retract it because. Oh my gosh, so it's still a mystery. It's still a mystery. I realise it was a long one and I, I went through the end bit, but what happened to him then? Is that today's big question? No. Oh. I'm just asking you. He got murdered. Cattle rustlers for me. That's a theory. There was another big. When I said, you know, I stopped reading, that, that, that guy, I think it was a 1997 report, that ends with him also seemingly figuring out what had happened. Um, and he went and followed this whole route and he found loads of inscriptions and then he found like this little area where he found loads of like candy wrappers he's like he must have died here and then it weren't it was somewhere else or something it's so, <laughs> so tough it as well because it was lot. so long and ago and so many people have gone missing yeah. since so people have left so and much and now stuff. everyone that you'd want to ask questions is dead, dead yeah. classic and they're contradicting each other and they're not yeah. that guy's making up a story about this guy who, who told him that He's killed him. Yeah. All oh, sorts I'll of tell stuff. You what, yeah, what was that it goes even deeper Keith, though. Um, Keith Riddle. Riddle. Keith Riddle, yeah. Uh, he, he was um, a bit of a nightmare. He just well, that, a well, that, like story, that story goes on, yeah, like keeps like... going on that bit. I couldn't bother doing that anymore. Because I knew yeah. that it was a dead end. I still think he was murdered. 
murdered or an accident. Yeah. Because I don't think he would have um, just gone to that tribe without speaking. No, to I don't. Someone. I don't believe the tribe. I also don't think he committed suicide. I think it was an accident. You're wrong. But I don't think he like fell. I think maybe he just like froze to death mm. or something like that. Because it was like a blizzard going through the it's desert. It's just weird that there's no evidence and his stuff as well. The donkeys Where have is a big word that, mm. like, all right, he took his stuff with him, but why leave the donkeys? Were the donkeys thin or fat? Well, Apparently, I don't know. What did I say? Was the you said, first? You said first it was fat, well, but then I think there was thin. But in when the, the Bailey guy <laughs> found him, apparently there was thin. Yeah. So I think the donkey's ate him. That's what I think. Yeah, we're going to have to go with that, Matt. We're going with that. He had an and accident. And that's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> he had an accident. They'd run out of grass. Yeah, because they were tired it's up. Plausible, they isn't it? They have to. And they're, pro- they're prodding him and he's not responding and they're just oh, like, well. I'll have a nibble. Right, oh. see if it, Start with his legs. Cecil's like, it's either I eat him or I eat you, Dave. Which one? <laughs> Dave's like, I've got a right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's I why don't he, like that he's changed my name to Everett. Maybe that's eat why him. he's adopted <laughs> yeah. his name. He's died and he's thought, oh, he's like, I'll be in there. I'll Everett. I'll Everett. <laughs> you a better no name than me. <laughs> he's like, yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, I think the donkey's saying. I realise when I do my thoughts, I talk a lot. You know, I'm really sorry. Oh, it's good. Don't jump in. Um, I'm gonna put the big question theme song. It's 57 minutes in, so I'm gonna whip. What's wrong with 57 minutes? Just a bit long, you know. No. Okay. Big question coming up. The big, big question. question. <laughs> Today's big question. So we're back. What a theme song. I'm sure they're going to be able to pick that up on. I have now. I have now heard the theme song. Oh yeah, you've had a listen. Yeah, and it's um, it's all right. It's something. <laughs> okay. Um, Should we put it in again? Question. Put it oh. in again. Oh. You always make me put it again. Go on, put it in again, Matt. Go on, future Matt. The big, big question. question. <laughs> Today's big question. That was it again. Watching. <laughs> so, big question for the week. Um, if you were to go traveling. You know, off into the wilderness. Where would you go? What uh, animal would you take two of? Nice, good Ooh. question. <laughs> Very good question. I don't know where I'd go. It's just the animals, isn't it? I don't know where I'd go. Can, you have animals. to take two of the same animals. I think so. Yeah. yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fingers up. Go on. Question. Fingers on lips. Fingers on lips. At the moment, yes. I can't breathe underwater. No. In this scenario. You can still not no, breathe underwater. No. It can't be like dolphins or something. Like that. Well, it can be, but they're just dragging them along land. <laughs> or you can have them going through the river. Isn't they the ones that go into like murky yeah, water in the river? Yeah, but they're What's pink and they're not that nice. The Amazon. Yeah. You can walk through the Amazon. They're, they're not there, yeah. dolphins. Yeah, they only sleep yeah. for, I think, like either 30 minutes. seconds or 30 minutes. Oh, there's but a bit, bit of a difference. I know, I'm not sure. <laughs> on the subject of yep. aquatic mammals, mm-hmm. um, do you want to know how whales sleep? Yes, please. So basically, one half of their brain goes to sleep while the other's awake. Yeah, and it's listening. That's good, that. Yeah, and then whoosh, swaps over halfway through the night. Boom. The other half's awake. The other half's asleep. That's like, when I was little... <laughs> We used to me, <laughs> me and my friends used to, when we used to stay over for some reason I don't know why <laughs> we used to be like we're gonna do an all nighter right but we're not gonna do an all nighter in the way where you're like oh well we'll stay up or we'll eat some sweets <laughs> whatever but like 
I'm gonna sleep for half an hour. You stay awake. In half an hour, you wake me up, and then we'll swap. How boring is that? I do the night shift like a watch. Literally, that. and then I, I look back on it. I look back on it. I'm like, why? Why did we think that'd be fun? We just fell asleep. Obviously, when one of you falls asleep, the other one's not like, I'm gonna sit here and have a good time on my own. I used to fall asleep first all the time. I used to try my best, but just mm, old. I think my sister tells story when we were in France. Man, when we were quite young, my, me and my brother and sister was on holiday with our family. And um, my sister was like, oh, I'm going to get up and have a have a midnight feast. And we were like, I'm so up for this. And then she just couldn't wake us up. We were really just slept through it. Um, have you got uh, any answers for the big question? Um, I'm on the verge. I'm on the verge. Mm. Just still picking my animal, aren't I? Yeah, I'm not sure about animals mm. or where I want to go. Oh, now. That's, so you don't that's, like that's most of the me. question. Mm. All right. I'll, I've got one. Go on. I'm going to go to the... I'm not sure which island. A Scottish island off the west coast. Nova Scotia. Oh. Is that a Scottish island? That's something else. Oh, yeah. like that's the word for the mafia. <laughs> it's not. That's close enough. That one. <laughs> um, that's where I'm going. I'm going to like... You should take seals. I could, but... Nova Scotia is a Canadian province. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, I thought there's not anything It's because it's Scotland, I didn't know what I was talking about. No, we're Sorry. talking Western Isles. Okay. Um, and I'm, what am I going to take? I do, wait, do I have to live in the wild? No, you can live in a town, just have like... Well, I'll live in a little cave that's converted into a cottage. Okay. And I'm taking two slots. Two slots. Yeah, I was going to say, I said slots then. But I was going to say the animals I like. They can live there. It's not yeah. like you take an elephant there. It's not going to survive. It will. It will survive. Yeah. Right. I'm taking two sloths and they're going to live with me. They're very slow. So am I. Yeah, but you're not that slow. Yeah, but... I'm You'd just... be like, right, Dave, Cecil, we're going to go... They're not called Dave and Cecil. We're going to do some shopping today and they'll be like, give us six hours <laughs> to get there. I need to do, do my hair. Do my hair. Do you say do my hair? Yeah. <laughs> no, you're what not... the sloths are? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just no. think you'd get, you'd be like, come on. You, yes, you'll get Hurry so up. impatient. No, because. You'd be like, I'm always late anyway, but you're making me later. <laughs> was I on time today? No. I was. No, I was. You, you said. You were slightly 6 30 late. till 7. I was here yeah, on the dot at 7. Nah, it wasn't my car. My, my, my clock in the car's fast, and it was 5 past 7 on that, so. So are you going to live with some slots? Yeah, that's in, me. I'm happy. Cause nice, good choice. Lana. Right, I'm gonna go be. to um, the Philippines. Oh, and I'm gonna take sausage dogs. Decent. Any reason? I really wanted to live under the sea with whales, but I'm not allowed. I would have lived um, in like really cold area, maybe the Arctic with beluga whales, but I can't remember if they live in the Arctic or the other one. So I'd live wherever they live, but I'm not allowed. So I'm taking sausage dogs to the Philippines. And what are you doing in in the Philippines with your sausage? sausage, sausage? I'm gonna wash the hair and I'm gonna stroke. You them, do that in England. And we're gonna go swimming in the sea. What are you gonna do with your sausage? Yeah, exactly. We're Nova Scotia. <laughs> You can do that in England. Well, I'm watching Netflix no. in the Philippines. I'm going to eat I bet Filipino Netflix is better than English Netflix. Actually, yeah. Need them subtitles. No, but anyway, I'm, I've, I've got my old eat pasta life. bake together. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cute. And just... <laughs> just not like pasta bake. <laughs> yeah, right. They will. Oh, it takes ages. Give them a carrot. Oh. They eat carrots? What do the sloths eat? I don't know. I I'd say eat your sloths would die. <laughs> <laughs> You're like stuck in this... Scottish Highlands or whatever. 
I wish that would have been the today's big question. What, what this soft seat? Maybe next time. Yeah. What are you going to do, Mark? I'm thinking. Have you seen The Lion King? Yes. No. Hmm. I've seen the bit where it's like holding yeah, him up. <laughs> um, where lift up Simba? Where do they live? What's it called? Um, is it not like Kenya or something in yeah, Africa? Yeah, I meant it's not like the Sahara. What do they call it? You heard about the Sahara? Yeah, but it's not. Serengeti. It's not what they call it, is it? National Park. Oh! I'm not going to listen. That's geography. One sec. The Lion King. Um, Where did he live? I thought it was set in Kenya. I thought it was somewhere like that. It might be, yeah, but I'm just... What's the National Park called? Not the Serengeti one, the other one. Uh, Masimara. I think I've been there. No, that might be one as well. It's called the Pride Lands. (laughs) That's where you're going. (laughs) I'm fancy living in... The Pride Lands, something like, yeah, Kenya, whatever. With the hyenas. Why? Because I reckon they'd be good fun. Because I just think of the hyenas. They laugh from a the lot. Lion King. They, they giggle us. So they're having a good laugh. And That's we're going to do some hunting. I think that'd be good. Hunting? Yeah. This is very unlike you. I just fancied it. <laughs> I just it. thought about it. Just I was like, which animal? Hyena. And I was like, yeah, mm. right. My other choice was going to be a zebra. Mm. They're right. very chill. We're hunting yeah. you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm you a sausage dog. I've got my sausage You're dog. You're not a sausage dog. <laughs> I wish I was. Um, oh, okay. That's yeah, interesting. I don't know why. It'd be a bit hot. It would be a bit hot. Yeah. 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 I, I tan though. I'm all right. And if you won't be able to you cope with you with it. Oh, no, I'd be too hot. I'd be too hot. Yeah. Um, I'd be sweating. Yeah. Mm. I'm not Stay sure about cave. you with the hyenas. I'm not sure I don't know if you thought that through properly, but... It's you too do. late now. Yeah, I've going. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, next week we got a report from Lorna. Mm-hmm. Um, that person, Ennis. Oh, my favourite. If you, oh, I'm excited. If you have any uh, issues with my report, if I've been pronouncing Royce wrong or Roos, I can't remember. How's how it spelled? Like Rolls Royce? No, R E U S S. That's Royce, like Royce, like Royce the football. Yeah, the football. So, yeah, you can email us at idiothistorypod at gmail.com or you can tweet us at idiothistorypod. Uh, get in contact. We're going to put up, or they should already be up, the Lego Challenges mm-hmm. videos. You can see us and uh, how my flying cow is the best thing about that. Um, Mine was tougher. Yeah. I had a hard brief. Mm, build a house with windows and a door. <laughs> he struggled on some of those. Well, one, one bit was, was missing. Secret door. Um, Adigado. And uh, mm. and tell a tell a friend and give us a nice review. That's oh, all we say ask. what you always say. You always go tell a friend. That's what we say here. Or something like that. <laughs> I don't remember ever saying say, that. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. That's what we sizzle, always say. Sizzle. No, that's what we say. <laughs> you say tell a friend. That's what we always say. That's what we always say. That's what I always say. Tell a friend. That's what I always say. Always say what? <laughs> yeah. So or, um, tell a friend. That's what Matt always says. Or give us a nice review. Or do both. That'd be lovely. Um... So we will see you next. Anything else? Nope. Mm, no. Okay, we'll see you next week. We'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.